This impactful conversation is brought to you by Say Things Better, a method of intentional communication developed by Lila Smith. I met Lila on LinkedIn and we immediately connected due to her open heart and wisdom. She helps entrepreneurs and thought leaders to make impactful choices for their communication. The Say Things Better messaging framework is the way she managed to build her own following of over 25,000 fans. Follow Say Things Better on LinkedIn and connect to Lila through her website at saythingsbetter.com. Welcome to Impact by Choice podcast with your host, Andrada Anitze. I've seen a great video on LinkedIn in the last weeks, and I've been really inspired because the person that posted that video was so real, so genuine, and so vulnerable at the same time. And she had no issues in talking about that very topic. And that's exactly what drew me into her and what made me invite her to be with us on Impact by Trace podcast. So please let me welcome Stella Da Silva. Welcome. How are you today? Hi. Fine, thank you. I'm so, so happy to to be part of your um, podcast. Really excited. I'm really happy to have you, Stella, with us. Um, Please let us know... um, I would like to ask you to introduce yourself a bit for the people that never had a chance to get in touch with you. Where do you come from? What do you do? And what do you love most? Okay, so, you know, these are one of the most difficult questions you can ask um, anybody when it's time to start talking about themselves, right? So I'll try my best. Um, so um, my name is Stella De Silva. Um, I'm half French, half Nigerian. So my mum is French um, and my dad is Nigerian. I'm 40, I'm thinking how old I am because I'm going to be 49 um, this year. And I am a freelance training consultant. So basically I deliver training in education and training, um, which I'm so passionate, passionate about. And it gives me the opportunity on top of that to go and deliver um, training internationally. So um, I've delivered in quite a few countries um, over the last um, few years and uh, live at home with my partner, no pets. Um, (laughs) I love swimming. Um, And um, that's about it, really. I've got two gorgeous sisters who are my go-tos in everything I do in my life. So um, I come from a very, very close-knit family. So that's about it in a nutshell, I guess. That's beautiful, especially, you know, the, the, um, the emphasis that you put on your family and your two beautiful sisters and the fact that you can, they are the go-to persons for you, which is quite, you know, sadly, lately, we cannot say that about all the families that we know several stories of brothers and sisters who don't get along. So from that point of view, you seem to be really fortunate. So I'm, I'm, really I'm, very, I'm very, very fortunate. My sisters are, I've got 
two, I'm the eldest of three. I've got um, my middle sister who's 18 months younger than me and we are extremely close, very, very close. And I've got a younger sister who's nine years um, longer than me. And again, we had uh, initially a very, very um, difficult relationship just because she was nine years younger than us. And I've had my other sister for eight years to myself. And then this little one comes in and sort mm -hmm. of disrupts the d dynamics. But over the years, you know, um, she had her struggles and now she's a mum of two, um, grown up and mature. So now it's honestly, they, they really are, you know, um, I'm, I'm really, really good friends with, with both of them and I love them um, unconditionally. Oh, that's so beautiful. What, what was that a moment, that aha moment that turned your not so good relationship into a good relationship between your sisters? I think the key thing was to communicate. I think um, the problem my younger sister had was that her two older siblings always um, talked down at her. Well, that's how she felt. But we didn't know that. We just thought we were being very protective sisters. Mm -hmm. So again, our real aha moments probably came when she was probably in her very early 30s, actually, where we just sat down and she just told us how she felt growing up with us. And again, we've had to take that on board and sort of, you know, not invalidate her feelings, even though we were trying to justify exactly what we were trying to be with her. So it was a case of really listening, not hearing what she was saying, but actually listening to what she was saying and then just taking it on board. And, you know, I think from then, honestly, our relationship really changed because now I, you know, I like to talk to her as um, my peer, so to speak, even though she does still respect the boundaries because, again, culturally, mm -hmm. as a, especially coming from an African family, Culturally, there's a big thing about having respect for anyone who's older than you. So she, you know, I like to think that we just have a mutual respect for each other, but we know each other's boundaries. And she still knows that I'm still the eldest sister, um, mm -hmm. but without sort of like, you know, putting my weight on things. If, I, if I'm wrong, then I acknowledge I'm, I'm wrong. And I think from then on, you know, we've gone to establish a really good um, good relationship together. So I think the key thing there is um, communication for sure. That's absolutely beautiful. And if I'm not mistaken, you've taken what you learned from your relationship with your sisters into your business, right? And that's exactly why you are so passionate about it, right? I think for me, it's all, I, I, I say it all the time. It's just being trying to be yourself and again not necessarily seeking validation i think i we naturally seek validation from our parents from our family from friends and whoever and i think you know you have to i think you have to sit down within yourself and once you feel that you're doing the right thing i think getting validation from your family or your friends or your colleagues is just a bonus. I don't go out to seek validation. Mm -hmm. um, I just re remain true to myself. I'm as authentic as I can be. 
um, I feel that I'm better, the older I'm getting, the better I am at communicating and communicating involves not just talking, but just taking time out to just listen. Right. Because I, th I think through listening, you don't automatically um, make, um, uh, you don't automatically say something um, that, you will end up regretting for example so it's just taking those moments to really listen to what somebody else is um is trying to tell you that's an amazing aspect and i remember reading at some point uh something on the lines of that's exactly why we have two ears and one mouth right to listen double the the amount of uh us speaking right so i truly it, it's it's so true because again i i deliver on communication and the first, one of the first things i always say to everybody is that there is a difference between hearing and listening a lot right. of people a, a lot of us hear a lot of things we don't necessarily listen to what is being said so true. again that's that's sort of sort of the the, the differences when you're 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 communicating it's I, I say a lot of people we 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 have good communication skills all of us communicate in some way or another but are we effectively communicating and that's the key word there because right. there's a clear difference between communicating something and effectively <laughs> communicating something and that is really important in business because That's, you say something in business and someone else might totally misinterpret it, what you're trying to say because you haven't communicated it effectively. Right. Or maybe they didn't actively listen. Abs great point. Great point. That's it. That's correct. Can you tell us about one moment in your career when we, you had this kind of issue and how did you manage to overcome it? I mean, you were effectively communicating, but the other party wasn't actively listening. And how did you manage to get over this gap between the two of you? I think that's why I freelance now. I think, again, when you're working in an organization or in business, you might get particular people that you don't necessarily get on with. And a lot of the time you don't get on with these people because you just don't know how to communicate either way. I, as in, I don't know how to communicate with them and they don't know how to communicate with me. Mm -hmm. So again, I learned in, in, in my career that I have total control on how I can communicate to someone. I haven't got any control on how they communicate with me. So that was, again, that was like my aha moment, if you like. That was my, my sense of, ah, oh, I get it. I have to manage the way I communicate to people. I've got control of that. And mm. if I feel that they're not um, uh, listening or I feel they're not getting what it is that I'm saying, then I have to question how I have communicated that particular message for them to be able to really understand and to get it. So sometimes it's a case of me not communicating um, effectively and I have to go back and ask myself um, certain questions. I think 
that's what it boils down to in life when people don't get on. It, a lot of the time, it boils down to, especially professionally, um, people just not communicating properly. Right. Right. But you touch a lot, another very interesting point, which is talking to yourself, which, again, is it takes a lot of courage to admit the fact that you're not communicating effectively and that you need to question your own self, right? And how did you get there? What? I think, again, I think again it's all about taking accountability. And again, mm -hmm. you don't want to... We, we all go around thinking we know everything. Right. And sometimes it is in those moments of just taking time out to really reflect on you. And especially with me, when I see there's a pattern, for example, in the workplace, if I see that I'm not getting on with quite a few people in a certain environment, then the common denominator seems to be me, right? So I've got to then go and question. I've got to take accountability for that. I've got to, you know, almost tell myself off. Um, and sometimes it's very, very difficult to be really self-critical. And being self-critical is about taking um, accountability. It's about owning your, your weaknesses and working on those weaknesses. Because once you accept that you're not particularly good at something, then it's for me to decide, well, okay, this is something I need to prove on. You know, I need to improve on. This is something that I need to work on. So the moment I take accountability for my, for my downfalls, for my setbacks, for my weaknesses, then I take ownership of it. Then I can, do, again, I'm in control to do something about it. If I don't know, if I don't know that I'm a bad communicator or um, I've got um, weaknesses or I'm a bad person, then how am I going to fix it? <laughs> That's the way I see it. That's right. That's right. But let me ask you something about taking accountability and, um, you know, owning it. Most of the times we're doing that at the same time while criticizing our own selves. So how do you manage to keep the balance between actually being accountable but not putting yourself down because of what's going on? Again, in communication, I talk a lot about giving feedback, okay? Mm -hmm. And I, I, I like to practice what I preach. And when you're giving feedback, we use what we call the sandwich approach. And what I mean by that is in a sandwich, you've got the top layer, you've got all your fillings in the sandwich, and of course, you've got the bottom layer of the sandwich, right? Mm -hmm. So what you do is you start off with all the positives, so I, when I sit down, when I'm self-reflecting or evaluating, I think about all the things that have gone absolutely right, okay? And again, that's a nice start because, right. of course, you, wanna, you, you, you don't want to put yourself down on everything. But then that middle part, the filling part, is really, you know, the, the areas for what I call your areas of improvement. What it is, what is, what is, what is it? that I need to improve on and acknowledge it and own it and decide, okay, I need maybe, for example, if I'm, you know, really rubbish at IT, that's just the, 
a, a, a very simple example, but if I'm really rubbish at IT, at IT, I get frustrated time and time again. Every time I'm in front of a computer and I'm screaming, screaming my, my partner to come and help me, for example. And I, he just says, well, why don't you do something about it? And I thought, of course, go on, do an online course, right? So I acknowledge that I'm not good at IT, but then there's so many options for me to get better. So right. that's the areas of improvement. And of course, the bottom layer of that sandwich, you always end it on a positive. So again, that positive is me actually booking that online course and you know, acknowledging that I have done something really, really good. So again, it's not about, I'm not suggesting that, you know, people take accountability for all their weaknesses and go and be depressed about it. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that you need to own it, right. take responsibility for it and don't play, don't play victim to it because a lot of us play victim to a lot of our weaknesses and we, we blame. So the moment you start blaming, you're not necessarily going to do anything about it, are you? So take accountability and action. I'm all right. about actioning, actioning and actioning. Now, that's one delicious sandwich that you presented us with. <laughs> because it, it starts with positivity and ends with positivity. Even Absolutely. Between, there's, you know, some acknowledgement about things that are not that positive. But I would, I would definitely go for such a sandwich if I, if I saw it in in some cafe or something. <laughs> I love those sandwiches. I love those sandwiches because again, it just gives you, it puts it in order for you. When right. you're, again, when you're self-evaluating or even when you are giving feedback to someone else because mm -hmm. no, one, no one wants to hear you're a bad person or you're rubbish at your job or you can't do this right or you never get this right. You never start feedback to anyone on the negative you always start off with what they have done right and what they're doing right and then you talk about your areas of improvement and then you always end up you always end it off with uh, with a nice positive that's awesome and that takes our discussion to another level which is closely linked to the power of choice because mm -hmm. by taking action in the lower layer of the sandwich, you're actually making use of the power of choice. Absolutely. Can you please tell us a bit how you see this, even though you've put it into the example of the sandwich. But um, if there would be someone that doesn't understand the concept of power of choice, how would you explain that to someone from your perspective? From my perspective, again, it's, we 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 are getting to know each other right and you will see through my content on linkedin i'm all about simplicity i'm all about just making it simple yeah. and again the power of choice is that simple because the power of choice is yours you are in control of making certain choices and those choices where you've got no control over are choices that you need not worry about. Right. Manage, you, you, you manage those choices, but overall, your daily decisions that you make, your daily um, 
choices that you make comes from within. You have that power to do it. It's yours to, to make, be it a right decision or a wrong decision. It's still yours. And again, with choice, I'm all about taking accountability for all the choices and all the decisions that I've made. And I've made some very, very good ones. And trust me, I've made some very, very bad ones. But like what we were talking about earlier, it's just taking accountability. So again, choice, choices come from within. That's what I believe. And I'm in control of most of the choices that I make. And of course, I seek guidance or I seek counsel from loved ones, family, friends. But ultimately, I make that choice. I listen to their opinions, right? I listen to their opinions. I listen to what they have to say. Um, I may agree with it. I may disagree. But ultimately, I make that choice. I make the decision. And they've got to respect it like I would theirs. So again, as a coach, that's what I do with my clients. I, it's ultimately whatever decision, whatever choices you want to make, you've got to be okay with that. You are in control of that. I'm not in control of it. You are. Right. So that was, that was my next question to ask you, how do you approach this from a coach's point of uh, standpoint? Um, so it's, it's really interesting because I do believe that all the coaches should in the end give, you know, uh, their clients the choice to, to do whatever they feel it's right for them. I mean, not just impose um, a road and just show them the final destination, so to speak, but to, to point to them what, what are their options, right? So you're actually, as a coach, just giving a few options and then the client finally chooses what, what's best for them, right? The funny thing is, is that even as a coach, we don't give options. Well, I don't. And I tell you how it works. Okay. And this is why I love coaching people. Because mm-hmm. again, as a coach, I probably spend 80% of my time just listening. Right. Okay. Like literally 80% of my time with my clients is to really listen to what's the problem or what the issue may be Mm -hmm. but ultimately ultimately through listening they themselves as in the clients they start to figure out what it is the solutions are as a coach i'm there to guide them to a solution i'm not there again to uh, you know i'm not there to give them choices they make their own choices on whatever it is they want to do be it personal be it um professionally but as as a coach i'm there to guide them and tell them that okay this decision will affect you this way this decision will affect you that way but ultimately whatever decision you make you've got to decide what it is that suits you Okay, so again, we are not there to even give you options. Mm-hmm. When you talk through problems sometimes, and that's what it takes, when people talk through problems, sometimes they just have that aha moment when they're talking, because again, it just clicks that, right. ah, this is the problem. This is actually what I need to do. And again, a good coach 
will talk you through that process once you have decided you want to make certain decisions. That's how right. I work as a coach, both right. personally and professionally. I'm not there to tell you what to do. I, that's not how I work as a coach. Hmm. And I think that's, that's a very good approach. And thank you for, you know, bringing us the clarity because I'm sure that I'm not the only one that has misinterpreted, you know, um, let's say the responsibility in quotes of a quote of a coach, right? I'm sure that there are other people that may have had doubts in regards to what coaching actually means. And by you sharing your experience as a coach, um, I think you, you, you brought a lot of value to, to this particular episode just, just by sharing that, you know. Um, I think even, if, can I just, um, just say one more thing about that? I think please. even with coaching, the thing about or the, the joy I get in coaching is I get to listen to people who have particular issues at a particular time, right? Right. And they tell me all their issues. They tell me what the problem is. And the first thing I say is, well, how do you want to, how do you want to move forward from this? That's the, that's our job as coaches. We, we talk about all the time about, okay, here's the problem. Here's the issue. What are we going to do moving forward? You're here with me right now. What do you want to do moving forward? And, when you start that as a coach, then you are coaching, okay? Right. And that's the difference between us coaches and, say, for example, counsellors. Counsellors mm. go back. They go back to the, from, when you were, from when you were first born, from the issues you may have had with mummy issues, daddy issues, or mm. childhood issues. Right. As a coach, we just move forward from today on in you're here in front of me what is what do we have to do to move things forward what do we have to do to um to sort out this particular problem moving forward without necessarily diving too much into the past mm -hmm. so that is the again that is the slight differences in um coaching of course there's certain things that we have to talk about that may have happened especially in business Mm -hmm. that you have certain um, maybe issues or certain people you've communicated with in the past, but the past is still quite present. We don't go three, four, five, six, 10, 20 years back. We're going into the sort of immediate past to find out mm -hmm. a way forward. So those are the, again, the slight differences in, um, in, in coaching. And that's, again, how I work. I'm very much about moving forward moving forward and what what do you want to do moving forward right and that's a very strong uh, strong question and i'm sure that there have been a lot of clients that weren't really sure how to answer that question on the spot because it's a very straightforward question and how did you manage to guide them to actually give themselves an answer to this question without giving them your answer again sometimes at the and it could be even with a phone call at the initial phone call or when they see me for the ver very first time um the coaching session is very short because mm -hmm. it's it then becomes their homework 
Oh, okay. Remember, remember what we talked about, taking time out to reflect right. and evaluate ourselves? That's exactly what they need to go and do. They need to go and, again and start off maybe even using the sandwich approach. Okay? So, again, it's for them to just go and take a bit of time out because, again, a lot of these clients that come to us, coaches, funny enough, never take time out. That's why a lot of them are with us. Okay. They're yeah. actually taking time out to come and talk to us. So we give them, you know, we, we give them these tools to sort of like help them and say, look, taking 30 minutes from your day, for example, just go into a room, just take a pen and paper if you need to voice it out on your phone or something on a recording then do it but really sit down and ask yourself some some hard tough questions and again the tough question for me is what do you want to do moving forward they don't with a lot of clients won't necessarily have the answers straight away and mm-hmm. that's why you give them that time to go and just have you know just to go and think about it Right. Right. That's interesting. And for sure, I'm going to take my time today, 30 minutes to do that. <laughs> because um, it sounds interesting. And I'm going to apply the sandwich technique. Um, at least I'm going to think about it because I find it really, really fascinating. That sandwich approach, did it come from your experience or did you catch it from someone else? Or how did you come to that sandwich approach? Again, the the, the sandwich approach is what we use in the training cycle, okay? Mm-hmm. When we're delivering training in terms of giving feedback, feedback is part of um, our training cycle as um, trainers. It's sort of a principle we follow as trainers. Mm-hmm. But again, the sandwich approach, when you break it down, um, right before the port, um, podcast, we, we had a little chat. You told me you had two beautiful daughters, right? Right. Right. So again, when you're talking to them about maybe say their, their school reports, okay, or any sort of activities they're doing or anytime you just want to have a chat with them, Mm -hmm. that is a nice approach that you can use personally in with, with your, with your, with your girls. Okay. Mm -hmm. You always praise them for all the good that they've done. Okay, but then you have to have that discussion with the sort of areas they're not or they 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 haven't succeeded at or they need help in. Mm-hmm. And again, when you're having that type of feedback, especially with your children, for example, you also have to listen because right. they may be able to identify what their areas of improvement is that you haven't noticed. Okay, True. so again. When you're using that approach, when I'm talking to my clients or when I'm talking to family or friends or whatever, and I'm using the sandwich approach, it's not always tell, it's not always me giving that feedback of the positive and the areas of improvement. I always are uh, I turn I turn the sandwich approach around and mm-hmm. I always ask, what do you think your areas of improvement are? A lot of the time we know what our areas of improvement must be. But again, somebody needs to ask you that question. Right. So again, that is when you use that sandwich approach. Can you see that you can use it on a professional level yeah. and you can use it on a personal level? And again, when you're, when you're using 
that kind of method of even asking when you're turning it around to the person you're talking to for them to identify what their areas of improvement should be of course they then take ownership of it because they've acknowledged it themselves so once they take ownership of it well they know what to do with that now that's true that's so true so again that's why we use these kind of techniques and that's why again can you also see how i have communicated effectively so they really understand that when we're talking about areas of improvement it's not necessarily me telling them that these are the areas they need to improve on they've they've actually they've actually acknowledged it by me asking them a simple question of what areas do you think you need to to improve on right right and that's brilliant just to turn around you know the situation and make people see their own um their own let's say status in time right where they are absolutely absolutely We all know how hard it is to grow, right? Especially if we are in the first month or years of our journey of our business startup or we're coaching or we're writing and we want to spread the word about us. We all know that it's pretty difficult to get the word out there. But that's exactly where I come in. I want to host an ad about your business into my podcast, Impact by Choice. So look me up on LinkedIn, Andrada Anite. I would love to work with you further on and I would love to help you boost the visibility of your brand. Get ready for the free global app that works for you. WorkApp is set to revolutionize the way people connect in their personal and professional lives. Finally, there's a one-stop shop to help you post jobs or gain employment. Would you like your very own digital shop without any fees or charges? A global messaging service. And you can also post all types of events and courses and you can buy, sell or rent any items you wish. WorkApp is a global platform that helps you find what you need, when you need it, without any costs or delays. So sign up for this exciting new service today. WorkApp works for you. Those are the, the sort of pointers, okay? And again, if you're doing it on your own, these are the kind of questions that you would ask yourself. Right. Okay? These are the questions that you would really, and this is in true moments, in true, honest, open moments with yourself. You know, if you really want to, you know, find improvement or if you want to change your mindset. And again, this is what makes you grow as a person. Everything I'm talking to you about, I'm talking to you about through life experiences. These are things that have happened to me personally, both professionally and personally. So, you know, I've got a fair idea now of, you know, what my trigger points are. And Mm -hmm. the moment I'm feeling down about something, I know that, okay, I need to just question what, what, what's going on for me to be able to take ownership of it and to deal with that particular problem at that particular time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
Mm -hmm. that's, that's interesting. I want to ask you in regards to mindset, because you mentioned it. Um, is there any particular technique that helps you to keep your mindset healthy and that uh, talk to yourself, that true talk to yourself um, to keep it going? Is there any technique that you're applying, for instance, meditation or some other things that you're doing? I think there are many, many techniques. And if you, if you read, there's so many books on mindset and right. even all of us on LinkedIn, we're there trying, trying to change mindsets. Right. Okay? And I think, again, you have to find one that just works for you. Mm -hmm. For me personally, I, I swim. Okay. I find swimming just gives me just that time for me. Okay. I don't necessarily, I'm not thinking about anybody or anything else other than what I need to do. Okay. Mm -hmm. And again, with swimming, I've actually got some um, brilliant headphones, underwater headphones. And sometimes just listening to music while I'm swimming just gives me a certain, you know, calmness. And again, it just makes me, sometimes I just think about what it is I've done for the day. What, 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 again, sandwich, what has worked really well? <laughs> what hasn't worked really well? What, what do I need to do when I come out of this pool? So again, for me, and a lot of people say it, and I, I, I'm, I think I'm, I'm a convert to it, you know, just taking a morning walk, 20 mm -hmm. minutes walking does a lot for the mind. Um, and again, it's just exercising that mind. And what I mean by exercising that mind is, again, communicating either with yourself, with colleagues, um, learning. And I think it's, you know, you, you grow, you, you, you learn so many different things from so many different people. True. A lot of people change mindset. Um, so again, it's various. There's so many, many, many techniques. And again, you've got to find one that suits you because what works for me may not work for you. And it's okay. Mm -hmm. It's okay. Again, remember what we're talking about. It's taking control. Right. I can, I can only manage what I can manage. And again, with my mindset, again, it's very, it's, it's an internal thing. It's personal to you. So this is what works for me. And again, it's all about having ex exercising, um, you know, eating healthily, she says, has, she has a, a, a glass of Pepsi by her. <laughs> <laughs> Drinking lots of water is a, what a lot of people tell me to do. So I'm, I'm trying, but it's just simple things. Breathing, just, you mentioned it, meditation for some people works wonders, yoga. So again, there's uh, a different, different things that you, you can do. That's right. That's right. And it's, it's interesting to learn about swimming because I was thinking about, you know, enrolling my girls into swimming or some, um, you know, extra activity besides going to kindergarten and school from next year. Um, so yeah, I'll be thinking about about swimming because I understand the the great impact that it has on the mind, because you're actually just engaging your muscles, but your mind is completely free to wander around and do whatever it wants, you know. And and sometimes, even with swimming, sometimes I swim 
and no word of a lie. Sometimes I'm thinking, all I'm thinking about when I'm swimming is getting from point A to point B of the wall in the swimming pool. And right. that's it. So that means my mind is actually rested. So yeah. again, sometimes I'm not actually thinking about anything, which again, you come out 45 minutes after swimming and you just feel just a certain calmness because you're not tense, you're not stressed. You mm -hmm. haven't thought about anything other than swimming from point A and touching that wall and coming back again maybe right. 200 times <laughs> and again when you do that that also helps you to to calm down that also helps you to give you that time to become a bit more rational so mm -hmm. again swimming for me works both ways sometimes if I just need just to take a moment because I'm just tense I'm just like ah and <laughs> just go and swim it out and just go and figure out some sort of way to sort things out using the sandwich approach or literally just swimming it out because I just don't want to think about anything I just want my mind to rest right and that keeps you grounded in the now what absolutely. I understand from you yeah absolutely and again it's all about the now it's all about the present what is done yesterday is done yesterday I can't go back to yesterday I can't go back to the time I was upset yesterday, but I can definitely control how I'm going to manage my day to day. So I can either bring that negative energy from yesterday into the today. I've got control of that or mm. I've got control to say, no, I've, I'm leaving that negative energy today. Today is another day. I'm going to manage my day that is going to make it work for me. I like that. That's, mm, that's really powerful, yeah. right? Yeah, powerful indeed. And let's say there is, for sure, there's a lot of people that are skeptical about how we can actually engage in the now and how we can actually have that control over um, the negative or the positive experience. So to those that are skeptical about being in the now, besides, <clears throat> besides the... Um, the, the obvious reasons that you exposed before, why would they, why should they be actually focusing on what they're doing right now? For instance, we're talking right now, we're doing a podcast episode, right? So we're totally focused into this and our mind is just focused into this. Whereas it could be, you know, wandering in a tons of other places. So right. how would you advise someone to, you know, why, I mean, why should anyone be focused on the now and disregard whatever, whatever else is going on around them? This is going to sound so cliche because we all say it, but again, it's taking a real moment to think about it. But again, it's so simple. Life is too short. Okay. Right. Life really is too short. So, Focus on the now. Be present in the now. And again, you called me up to do this podcast based on the video that I did. Okay, yes. Because I had been worrying about how I looked and worrying what people were going to make of me, worrying that I should do the video tomorrow, next week. And I just literally, I just woke up that Sunday morning 
and I just did it. I thought I've got nothing to lose now because again, I, I want to practice what I'm preaching. Yeah. So again, I was being present in the now, in that moment, without my makeup, with my hair all over the place, yeah. and just said it, I did it in one take. There wasn't that, oh, let me do it again and again and again. And again, we lose so much by not being in the now. We lose so much by not being in the present because then our mind wanders, our mind goes back. We are distracted. We're either distracted by the past or we're distracted by what we have no control over in the future. Okay. Right. So we lose, we, lose, we lose that now. We lose that being present in the moment. Because again, we're, we're talking so fast and this happened to me last week. This happened to me yesterday. And what about next week? And, what, and I just a lot of the time I have to say, just calm down. What about now? Yeah. We're here together. Now, in this moment, what, what, why are we talking about last week? Why are we talking about tomorrow that I may not see or you may not see? I've had friends where we all shared our tomorrows and we all shared our futures who are not here with us. Mm. That was a wasted conversation in that now, in that moment. It was a wasted conversation. So right. again, life, life experiences, losing loved ones has just told me or shown me the importance of being present in the now and not worrying too much about what's happened in the past and what, as I said, you have no control over in the future because the next minute is not guaranteed, let alone tomorrow or the day after or next year. And that's why I'm, as much as people go on about long-term and short-term goals, my short-term goals are very, very short, as in <laughs> what am I doing maybe tomorrow rather yeah. than, oh, this time next year, I'm going to be, I've got no control about this time next year. So I don't, I don't lay any strong emphasis on the future that much. I focus on now. What am I doing in the next 10 minutes maybe? What am I doing till the end of today? And then tomorrow is just another day. Just another beginning, right? It's another beginning that we're grateful to see. Right? right, right. You're so right. right. Yeah. And since you brought up the video, I was really impressed with, you know, all that openness to be vulnerable in such a way that you didn't actually care what people would say about, about it, you know? And for that, I want to ask you, um, from the perspective of, per of a person who doesn't want to be vulnerable at all, um, doesn't want to let show anything to people out of the, the scare of being judged because in the end that's what it boils down to right the the frightening of being judged by society so how would you advise them to just go out there and be themselves without being afraid and just being you know actually vulnerable because we can be vulnerable in each second of our existence Right. You've you you've answered the question. <laughs> you've actually you've actually yeah, but I answered the question. Yeah, you, but I want to know you, your perspective. <laughs> <laughs> my pers my perspective exact is exactly your perspective. 
be vulnerable it's okay be 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 authentic be true to yourself be true to others because that's what people are going to buy into to mm. you as a person so if i tell people and people will start laughing the moment i say i'm actually i'm actually quite an introvert i really am an introvert person but to uh, amen okay Me too. yeah but, but to a lot of people, say even my LinkedIn connections or to the people I train and I could stand in front of, uh, uh, I can stand in front of an audience of hundreds of people, okay? I come across as quite an extrovert mm -hmm. and quite bubbly and quite loud and, you know, all those things. But again, it's almost like it's my ego, okay? But even when I'm, in that situation, I show my vulnerability. I, I show my vulnerabilities because that is what then humanizes me as a person in front of all these people. Okay, mm -hmm. so if I have if I have moments, and I'll give you a very good example. I was I was delivering to um, to a group of trainers. This was a few months ago. And um, it was a, a three-day um, workshop. And the first two days went brilliantly. We, we were having fun. It was such an engaging workshop. And, of course, we had the final day. Mm -hmm. And I'd gone back to my hotel the second day, and I'd received some really, really bad news, tragic news, that a friend of mine had passed away. Okay? So, of course, I'm really upset. I'm quite emotional. It was so unexpected. Okay, um, but all again, all I had to keep thinking is I have to be professional, I have to go in on the third day and still be this stellar, right? And just carry on as if everything is absolutely normal, which I did. So we start off the third day, everything is going great, this, that, and the other. Then we get into a, a discussion. I can't remember the topic, I can't remember what we talked about. And the next thing I found myself was literally just breaking down in that moment like just crying my eyes out in front of these group of trainers and again they just thought oh my god what have we said to to upset her but again i just told them what had happened mm -hmm. and of course in that moment in that particular moment they could see me as a vulnerable um person who just got some really tragic news and mm. all i had to do in that moment was just take a five minute break and just say okay i've told you guys what the situation is this is the reason for my breakdown it's not you it's me i just need to just take five minutes go to the toilet just regroup and then come back and we were absolutely fine so these are the kind of things that I'm talking about. It's, you know, yes, we are professionals, but, you know, as professionals, we still have our own emotional baggage or emotional issues. We're still human beings. Precise. So, you know, in that moment, I was vulnerable and people understood it. They got it. Exactly. It's, it's really interesting. Sorry. Yeah, go on. It's really interesting to see how people actually are, are willing to support you during your most, you know, difficult times or 
you know, if they know what's going on with you, they won't say, now get out. You know, they will say, okay, just calm down. We're here to support and stuff like that. I mean, I've witnessed that this kind of situations many times, even on the platform or even in real life, you know, it happens. But we're so much being taught that being vulnerable is something that we need to be ashamed of. Right. Right. Absolutely. And the thing is that we don't necessarily have um, role models who mm. come out, especially maybe influencers or celebrities or whoever, um, teachers, or who come out and say, I'm vulnerable. So we all think they're just infallible. We just think that they're just superhumans and True. everything is going right in their lives. And it, as I say, it almost dehumanizes them as people, because we think, well, hang on a second, how come nothing seems to be going wrong in their lives? Because again, they make choices. They make choices not to share that part with us. Right. But trust me, we're all, all of us have got all our vulnerabilities. And some of us are just very, very good at masking it. Yeah. Hmm. That's one thing that I'm, I'm really, you know, fond of talking about, you know, losing all those masks and not, you know, just walking, just as you said, you know, being authentic and just walking on the street as you are. Of course, in, in different areas of, um, in different industries, probably there are rules that impose, you know, wearing those masks. But again, as you said, it boils down to making a choice to follow those rules or just be yourself you know i think when you when you are yourself when you are your authentic self you're bound to break rules no and for think, sure <laughs> and, I, and i and i think when you when you decide again when you make that conscious decision that i am breaking the rules for the right reasons because i am breaking those rules to be me mm -hmm. then i'm okay with that I'm okay breaking those rules. I have no issue breaking those rules. Because again, those rules are to me unrealistic. Right. But I've got to justify why I'm breaking those rules. I'm not just there to be a rebel. I'm not there to, you know, to cause um, havoc. But again, when I communicate to you effectively that, look, I'm about to break a rule here. But let me tell you why I'm going to break this rule. Funny enough, the person who's made that rule will, will go and think about it and may change that rule. Hmm. So again, you become, you, become, you become a maker of maybe new rules that the person who made it never thought about. You become the game changer. That's interesting. So, so again, these are the kind of things that, again... It's about not, not necessarily going with the flow. Sometimes you just have to come out of that, um, that sort of comfort zone because you are just staying true to yourself. And right. sometimes that could be a bit controversial. Sometimes people see it as a threat. But mm. you, explain, you explain it and you justify your reasons, then people tend to actually take it on board and say, oh, okay, she's not being a rebel. 
she's just staying true to herself and to her core values. And right now, at nearly 49, these are my core values. My core values is just trying to be me, to do me, and not seeking validation from absolutely anybody. And then when I do get it, especially when it's positive validation, it's a bonus. That's what it is. It's just a bonus. But my life is not a my life is not um, um, revolved around trying to do things to please other people. That's brilliant. That's not what that's not what my life is about. Not not again, as I keep saying. Not at nearly forty nine. <laughs> I did that in my twenties and maybe my thirties, but certainly not in my forties. And again, that's the value of. That's the value of life experiences. That's the value of growth. I'm still learning. I'm still learning. I like this. I like this. So I understand that you go up, um, after the belief that learning stops only when we die? Absolutely. The, the moment you take that last breath, mm-hmm. I believe you stop learning. But anyone who tells you that, oh, I don't need to learn anything more, then you need to remove yourself from that energy. You just need to remove yourself from that energy of someone who does not want to learn either from you or you from them. Mm -hmm. Because I then, if someone is telling me that I've learned from them, I've learned that I don't want to be around those kind of people. So I avoid those kind, those kind of people. I've, I, I can sense it. I can almost smell the, the negative energy in the way they talk. So the moment, and, and through that, I've learned something. So even with negativity, I learn something. I take something away from that. So again, learning is, is a 24-hour 24 24-hour day cycle. You're always constantly learning. We're sat here together. We're learning from each other. Right, for sure. For sure we are. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. So that's how I equate my learning. My learning doesn't have to be just reading a textbook. My learning could be just from watching people. I I love to people watch (laughs) and I learn so much from their body language, from just the way they're, they're going about their daily lives. I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to learn what they're thinking, what their mood is. And again, I can then put certain things that I've learned from certain people to make me a better me. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you one thing that may be controversial on, on one hand. I don't know. Um, you just uh, put a great emphasis on the me. And there's a lot of people that may think that um, focusing on ourselves can be selfish. Right. So what, for you, how would you explain the fact that actually it's not selfish it's something else what made you realize that focusing on you is beneficial let me start off with an analogy okay so i'm sure a lot of us have um flown okay been on an airplane and we've flown to different destinations in the world okay or and just as about we're about to um um the captain is about to take off they always go through the emergency procedures, right? 
Okay. And one of the first things the captain says is that in the event of an emergency, the oxygen mask is going to come down. Okay. Yeah. But when the oxygen mask comes down, the first thing you should do is place that oxygen mask on, top, on your nose. Okay. And the reason why, and he, they say this because it's you first. So save yourself first before you can save other people. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I use this analogy because say when parents are traveling with their children, instinctively, when that oxygen mask comes out, they will want to save their children. Okay. Right. But right. their children might not know what to do. So you need to save yourself first to be able to save your children right okay so it's the same principle i've got to i have to be selfish i have to be selfish in love i have to be selfish in happiness because i've got to i've got to love myself first i've got to be happy first before i can give it to anybody else around me it's not anybody's um role if you like so if you're in a relationship it's not your partner's role to make you happy and i hear it i hear it so many times where i hear he doesn't make me happy or she doesn't make you happy and i think well hang on a second that's not their role they're not there to make you happy you need to make yourself happy okay and that is why we say you first, me first. I have to put on that oxygen mask first before right. I, can, I can be there for anybody else. And when you do think about it, again, when you take that moment to just really sit down and think about it, it, it does make sense. So if people are telling me I'm being selfish, again, it's one of those I'm breaking the rule type moments. Okay, yes, I'm breaking that rule. I am being selfish because I have to be selfish. For me to be selfish means that I can be more authentic. I can help more people. Right. When I'm happy, trust me, other people are happy. When I'm in love, trust me, other people are in love. When I'm surrounded by positive energy, it's because I've made positive energy around me it's again it comes back it comes back to the i and the me right so yeah. i say be very very selfish with you you have to be and again just constantly think of that oxygen mask think of mm -hmm. that analogy because we hear it all the time when we fly off as soon yeah. as that oxygen mask comes on please put it on yourself before you help anybody else that's true that's true and makes, it makes make sense makes a lot of sense for sure right. and it's interesting that we're we've got to this point exactly on uh on valentine's day and that you said that people you know think that the other makes them uh happy or feeling in love or something but last year as i was speaking to someone they they said exactly this i cannot make you happy you cannot make me ha happy and I was like, that was a huge slap for me because until then I didn't realize, um, you know, I was actually, as I like to use metaphors, I was actually placing the key of my happiness in, in the pocket of someone else. Somebody else is right. Exactly. 
and that it was a huge hit. And if we're thinking about it, I think that uh, the one that actually gets the hit is the ego, right? Because we think that our ego needs to constantly receive, as you said, validation and, you know, approval for, from the others and love and respect and everything else from the others. So it's, I think it's a good timing that we've, we've spoke about we've spoke about it even if you know um this episode probably will go later on but it's interesting that it's exactly in this day and it's really weird that you say this on um about valentine's day because again even with valentine's day people are now going to lose their minds and go and spend a fortune on their loved ones and buy them flowers to show them that they love them today today but what about the rest of the year right (laughs) so my thing and that's why in my house we just today is just a normal day for my partner and i we've Mm -hmm. not done any roses we've not done any anything extraordinary today today is a normal working day and I say this not because we're not romantics, but I say this because every day should be Valentine's Day, okay? Yeah. And I mean it in the sense of it's not about the flowers. It's not about the chocolates, okay? But it's the tiny, minute things that you do for each other on a daily basis That's that true. makes you appreciate your other your other, your other, other half, your partner, your husband, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, mm-hmm. whoever. But yeah. again, I don't need the 14th of um, February for me to tell my partner that I love him. I, I, I love him today as I did yesterday, as I will do tomorrow. Oh, okay. So nice. And again, it's being present in the now. Right. So that this morning when he left for work, he was like, yes, I'm off to work. The usual morning kiss. And that was it. There was no happy Valentine's Day. I haven't gone downstairs to see a pack of roses or any chocolate because, again, I get that in many different ways on a daily basis. I get it every day. So he does for me what I do for him. Mm -hmm. And that is what it's things like this is what I'm talking about when we're talking about um, seeking that validation. Because, again, that's what today is all about. It's seeking that validation from each other. I don't I don't need that. I don't need to tell my partner that I love him today. I really don't. He knows that already. And if he doesn't, well then oh oh well is my thing. <laughs> <laughs> That's beautifully explained. You know, indeed, you know, when when two people are together should be a, a daily uh, a daily thing and I remember when we talked about having the podcast that asked you if it's okay to have it on Valentine's Day and I was so impressed with with your answer that I don't mind that it's on Valentine's Day because for us every day is Valentine's Day and I think it that has a strong message you know besides the the entire explanation that you gave that you gave that uh, that you gave us so and even I, financially Financially, it's a financial burden. Yeah, <laughs> Valentine's Day, Valentine's Day is a real financial burden. And again, roses to me are going to die in it, it, in the next few days. The True. love that you have for one for 
for each other is going to be hopefully everlasting. So right. again, you don't need you don't need those roses to be that symbol of your love. Mm-hmm. And again, it's quite when when you really even when you think about it, what are those what are those ro- roses actually saying? Because at the end of the day, those roses are going to die at some point. They're yeah. not going to be there for the whole of this year, are they? So yeah. what continue? You know, as I said, your love for each other should be you know should be unconditional. Shouldn't have a a 14th of um, February day. It could be tomorrow. It could be the following day. So again, this is what I'm talking about, being present in the now, being present in not getting caught up with the whole, because again, some people would have been planning this Valentine's weeks in advance. For some people today, they have woken up and their Valentine's is not there. Their Valentine's is gone, either through death, through accidents, through something happening, and they have planned this Valentine's Day. That's th- th- this is what I'm talking about. So yeah. they're they're going to lose. They're going to lose the now. They're going to lose the present. They've lost all that time planning, preparing, doing things, and not being in the moment with their partners at that particular time. That's right. That's right. So again, when you when you take those kind of moments to really think about it, this, this is what we're talking about, being selfish. Mm-hmm. Just taking that time out and really thinking about different things and, you know, getting caught up in the hype of what is going on around us, be it through um, marketing and, um, you know, influencers telling one thing and saying something else and us always trying to just continuously seek validation from all these um, places where, you know, the validation really is from, is from within. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's for sure. Wow. I really enjoyed this conversation with you, Stella, and I think that we could go for <laughs> even more. Um, but We really could, right? Right. I mean, honestly, it's, it's been so, so lovely talking to you. I've really just enjoyed just talking about normal everyday stuff yeah yeah well that's what I like you know to find out from people that's why that's precisely why I love to learn stories from from people you know because everyone brings something new even though we're we have similar things and even maybe similar habits or fears or something but there's this unique combinations that each of us bring to the table that makes every story unique and and priceless actually you know um i would like to ask you uh for a let's say for business purposes if mm-hmm. or for just a regular chat if there's right. anyone that would like to reach out to you and learn more about you where can they find you um um i i'm on linkedin LinkedIn is sort of like my, my home in terms of people reaching out to me. And um, as you know, I, I love to engage. I, you know, I, I put out content most days mm-hmm. um, and I engage with other people on various topics from um, work purposes to personal and to just everyday issues. So LinkedIn, Stella De Silva at, you know, at LinkedIn, that's where I'm at. Um, and then from, from literally, I, 
again, this is where I'm, I may sound really unprofessional here, but I don't have a website because I, I, I feel I don't need one. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I am on Instagram, Steldas, um, at, um, is, my, is my tagline for um, Instagram. Um, and, but mostly for everyday reaching out to me, you can find me on um, LinkedIn. That's awesome. And I advise listeners to follow Stella and get in touch with her and just have, you know, this kind of regular conversation because you're going to have a blast. She's, she's actually <laughs> So, you know, it's just by hearing you laughing and by all the explanations that you, you brought us today and all the insights that you brought us today, I, I do see, you know, all the gains that people can can get from you if they get in touch with you. So once again, thank you for accepting to be my guest on on the show. And and I'm can I just say thank you? Honestly, when I got your email for for me to be part of your show, I was just like, oh my gosh, I'm going to be on a podcast. <laughs> so I was so so excited. And again. I follow your content and again, you put out amazing content um, on LinkedIn. So it's been an absolute privilege for me to just come here and talk to you just even as a friend. Thank so you. Really, it really has. That means a lot to me. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, you, <laughs> you left, left me speechless, but I'm really happy Aww. that I could, I could bring a bit of, you know, happiness, a bit of smile on your face with with this podcast, you know, because as you said, just we're just having a friendly chat and it's been yeah. brilliant to to learn a lot of things from you. And for sure I'm gonna apply that sandwich technique <laughs> with my girls. That's one good thing from this from this conversation. And there are a few more, but I'm gonna keep them to myself. <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I, I also enjoyed very much, you know, all, all the conversation around um, Valentine's Day because I feel that everyone is just going into a race actually with the others, not just among them as partners, but with the entire society outside to see who buys the best gift for their, <laughs> their partner or, you know, who who gives the biggest roses bouquet or something right so true yeah well so true yeah so once again and my thank sister you. my sister my sister did a quick joke about um valentine's day mm, and, i want to um, learn that okay so some people you know especially for single people mm -hmm. okay valentine's day can be quite a difficult day for a lot of single people right for sure so my sister, who used to do comedy years and years ago, she's, she's actually a lawyer now, but back in her heyday <laughs> as a comedian, she actually um, talked about Valentine's Day. And mm -hmm. it was a case of, again, usually every day, people coming up to her, asking her what she got for Valentine's Day. And of course, she's single, so she didn't get anything. So she, she, she had different characters, different people going, what did you get for Valentine's Day? I got roses. What did you get? I got this, I got that. And she just turned around and said, I've got your man. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> now, happy Valentine's Day to that. <laughs> yeah. She didn't really. It, it was just part of 
comedy set. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> no, but that's that's one kind of moment when you say just beat that, <laughs> you know. It, like really. So for all the singletons out there today, trust me, is just an ordinary day. Just love yourself. Go out. Buy yourself the roses, buy yourself something nice, celebrate you on Valentine's Day is what I say. Don't worry, I like about what, don't worry about what other people are doing. Trust me. A lot of people, as, as you rightly pointed out, are competing with everybody else. It's not even about love anymore. So go out and celebrate you and, like you it. know, wish, wish yourself a happy Valentine's Day. <laughs> That's right. I, I like that. Celebrate you. That's wonderful. Yes. I think we should do that every day, right? With each, each small movement or something. I'm celebrating you on Valentine's Day. Aww. I'm sending my love heart to you. There you go. Thank you. One going out you. You're wonderful, Stella. Thank <laughs> you. Thank you so much. I wish you a, a wonderful, normal day ahead <laughs> with your partner <laughs> and with your work and with everything that you do that makes you happy and that gives you the opportunity to recharge, to be yourself, your authentic self, and to give the others whatever you can give best of you. I love that. Thank you so much. It's been Honestly, it, uh, you've made my morning today. You've actually made my Valentine's Day today. Oh. You really have. So, so, so thank you so much for, for having me. And I look forward to more engagement on LinkedIn with you. For sure we will. For sure. Have a wonderful day. Bye. Thank you. You too. Bye. Have you heard of Arian? If not... You may want to head to Amazon, look for The Man, The Moon and The Gasket. That's my book. <laughs> I know that you will fall in love with the main character and with the person that pops up on the way in order to help him unveil that adventure which is called self-development. So let me know what you think. Thanks! Thank you for reaching the end of this episode. I wish you an amazing day ahead, and please, don't forget, smile at life, and life will smile right back at you.